coming to you from the pit in Royal Grande, California. Your hosts, John Hackleman and Dr. James Casper. It's time for Pitmaster and the Doc. Hey guys, Pitmaster here. I'm here with the Doc. John, good to see you. Happy New Year. Uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to everyone, man. I hope you guys have a healthy, happy, and safe, safe 2019. And when I say safe, I don't mean like accents, because I don't want you to have an accent per se. But when we talk about safety as martial artists, we mean safe from attackers. Now, when I say healthy, fitness will help you get healthier. And so we want you to be super healthy. And when you're super healthy and you're you're safe, you tend to be happy. I'm just saying. So we hope you're all three of those. Anyway, all right, we're going to talk about a lot of things today. UFC, a little bit about the PFL. We're even going to talk like for this long about Mayweather knocking out that Japanese guy in like 20 seconds into the first round. Okay, we talked about that. All right, so let's get into the UFC. Um, it was uh, it was a it was a pay per view. It was uh, UFC 232. two thirty two 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 thirty two in Los Angeles. Um. Yes, it was. It was in Los Angeles at the Forum. And as you guys know, it was moved from Las Vegas because John Jones... Okay, this can be a shocker to you guys. You're not going to believe this. You ready? He didn't pass the drug test. He didn't test clean. But there was a way around it. So they were able to say, well, even though he was clean his last couple tests, this test he wasn't clean because of a test a year and a half ago. And there was some kind of, it, it kind of like skipped a generation. Like now, it's kind of like, like if you're colorblind, you know, like it skips. Uh, so it's in your genes, I guess. I guess it's in his genes. I think, yeah, there is some science involved. So with it, he was doing anabolic steroids, apparently. This was back from 2017 where he fought DC and had a positive test for anabolic steroid leftovers, basically, metabolites, they call them. But just evidence that you did them. They're not normally found in your system, so you're taking some supplemental um, steroids, anabolic steroids. And then they find this metabolite in his system a year and a half ago. And then he says, I didn't do it. So he went in front, had like some kind of... uh, you know, process where he went through and fought it. Uh, and they found when he fought it, they said, well, there was no evidence you intentionally did it. It's in the system. It's an accident. And he blamed it on the fact that his lifestyle choices made him take things he wouldn't have taken normally. Maybe it was in the cocaine. I don't know. Go figure. So it could have been in the cocaine. Not his There's fault. It's a new excuse. <laughs> it could have been in the... But he said, I never did it. I never intentionally cheated. But it was in his system. So USADA penalized him or however the... The penalty came down for, it was less than two years, because, do you remember this? Because he cooperated in some way. What that mean? I don't know what that means. Do you know what that means? What is that? In the, in the law, I think that means you helped Squeal. him. You snitched on somebody. 
But they don't say what that means. Who knows what he did, but he cooperated. So they gave him a shorter sentence. Let's just put it this way. If he was an inmate in, in California State Prison and did what he did, he'd be a Pelican Bay right now. You know what I mean? You, uh, California guys know what I mean I, with that. I have no idea what you mean. So, basically, he snitched, <laughs> so he's, he was put in protective custody. So, yeah, so they gave him a shorter sentence. So then he came up positive again for the same substance, <laughs> which is an anabolic steroid. And they said that it was a pulsing effect, which basically means you didn't have any in your system and you didn't take any more, but then it came, more of it came out of your body into your system again, which maybe the only science there I can think of that makes sense is from the weight cut. Because some, some drugs could get deposited in your fat and then you do like an extreme weight cut. I don't know how much weight John Jones cuts, which could release stuff back into your system again. So the thinking was... Yeah. The thinking was, well, these are just the old steroids. Evidence that I cheated. Having evidence that you cheated keep coming up and, like, haunting you, <laughs> that would be terrible. It would be amazing. like fucking robbing a bank. It would be like robbing a bank. Well, you got the fingerprints on the safe. And then somebody else robbed the bank, and your fingerprints weren't on the safe. But then, like, six years later, the, that same bank was robbed, <laughs> and your fingerprints were on the safe again. And it was like, that pulsated. It pulsated in and out. Those aren't really my fingerprints from this bank robbery. Right. That was from 10 years ago, but it pulsated back. The only interesting yeah. thing about all this is everyone that's analyzing this is saying, well, it could be pulsing out of a system. But it also, you know what else it could be? What? He could have taken him again. What? <laughs> that's, no. that's what I would guess. That's terrible. But you don't know, so you err on the side of give the guy another chance. Right? Is that what yeah. You, is that what you do? I... I so you err on the side of, no, it was old steroids left over. Maybe, Pulsing. Pulsating. Maybe, maybe, Pulsating maybe there's some real science there. Pulsating steroids. Okay. That sounds gross. So, so, <laughs> so anyway. Okay. So anyway, so it's possible, I suppose, you could think of a scenario where these are old steroids, so let's let them fight. So basically, Nevada said no. No, they said we need more time to figure right. this out. So they said no, you're not going to fight right. this week. So Nevada said, no, you're not going to fight this week. Sorry. So instead of like scratching that main event, which was a big one, but it's not like him versus DC. So they moved the whole <coughs> card and everybody that bought tickets from, from India to from, from Pakistan, from New York, whoever bought tickets and was on a plane and bought an airline ticket Maybe and booked Brazil. a hotel room... Yeah. They had to move everything to California within with a week's notice. So it was I I'll guess it was I bet it would cost everybody altogether that ended up in California from Vegas. I would bet it would be a, like a hundred million plus dollars was wasted because that was done that way. Not just from the USC, they spent probably tens of millions, but from everybody that bought tickets, book rooms. I mean, is the room going to, I mean, if you have, you booked a flight, you can't say, no, I want to go to, uh, I'm going to switch that from Vegas to California. Yeah, the airline's going to say, no, I'm sorry, John Jones took a pulsing steroid, but you're going to have to pay the penalties of the airline. So basically, I'll say it's $100 million. It so costs. for me personally, if I do something that inconveniences one person, I'm in line, I can't get my credit card out, or... I know, I've inconvenienced a person. I kind of feel bad. <laughs> so I don't know. 
how I would feel like you, if in, you inconvenience in, tens of thousands, everyone, tens of thousands of people, Be, not were. not a yeah, and because I was doing steroids that I didn't know I did because I was on cocaine. Um, the whole thing's interesting. It is interesting. However, what would you think about the fight? So let's just erase the steroid issue. You can't. No, you, no, you, no. You can't. Let's erase it from you your can't. brain. I can't. Just ignore the steroids because some people say, hey, they didn't improve his performance or something like that. You can't. Uh, didn't improve his fight IQ. What do you think of that fight? You, I, I thought I couldn't even watch the fight because if I watch the fight, I think of a steroided bodybuilder against a non-steroided bodybuilder. And when that steroided bodybuilder, you know the difference, right? Matches against a non-steroided uh, bodybuilder and that steroided one wins, you're going you're gonna to know that it's just, it's not fair. And you're going to know that that steroided bodybuilder would not perform that way or look that way if it wasn't for steroids. So it, you just can't, I can't even watch that fight with any kind of uh, any kind of fairness, it w- it would be like watching two guys hitting home runs, and I know one's doing steroids, Barry Bonds, Jose Canseco, Mark McGuire, and the other guy isn't, and the guy hitting the steroids wins. You don't say, "Well, that was all right," but I mean, just because he did steroids, he would have won anyway. If you see a bodybuilder that's doing steroids and he beats a guy that's not, you're not gonna say, "Well, that guy won." But he would have won anyway, okay? I feel the same way. I want to say he has so much skill. He's the most skilled fighter ever. But since I've known that he's just on steroids the whole time, who, who's to say he would have been that good if he didn't? Do you think a linebacker would have been that powerful if he wasn't doing steroids? Do you think Lance Armstrong would have been that good if he wasn't doping? Do you think a bodybuilder would have been that buff if he wasn't doing steroids? I don't know, but I don't... I, you, it just takes it all away from me, and I don't know why they let him compete, but it's like I can't watch it anymore. Well, from a scientific perspective, for me, it's interesting to think, well, is he still doing them? Because if he did his time, if he did his punishment, it's like double jeopardy. If you're getting him again for what he was already punished for, and we're trying to clean up the sport, and he has been good, and he hasn't done anything, and those are old steroids, it, part of me goes, well... You give the guy another chance if we're going to try to make it all legitimate, try to make it fair. But the problem is the guy is he's kind of burned that bridge. He's kind of proven just through his actions in the past that he's done them. He's never admitted to it. He's somehow got out of a longer sentence through cooperating for good or bad. I don't know how you come down on that. But for me, when I watch the fight, it was a pretty one-sided fight, and right for you know, is it just because he's had why, the, had the benefit of steroids in the past? Yeah, and and why would the second chance thing? I, I don't understand. Like, if you're if you're a cop and you get busted for robbing a convenience store, I, I are you gonna say, well, let me pay my dues. I'm gonna be a cop again. I mean, some things they're just gonna take away from you. I think if they're doing steroids. And you're in a combat sport where you can actually hurt people more because of your steroid use. You should just—they should just say you can't fight anymore. And why? Why would they let you? Like I said, there's so many professions where you fuck up bad enough, you know, where you can actually hurt people and you're cheating. They just kick you out. They're, I mean, you get disbarred, or, or you know, they take your nursing license away, or they take your law enforcement license away. So I don't understand why they let you. Because it's, it's about money and he's a star. 
Yeah. So it, it it corrupts the martial arts component Definitely. of the whole the whole it, sport. It takes it away. It, takes it, it does. It takes it down. But you but when you look at people's excuses for why there's steroids in a system, it's everybody cobbles together an argument for why they're still there. But you have to realize performance enhancing drugs have been used for a long time, and it's like an arms race. It's just like an arms race where the cheaters are trying to find out better ways to cheat that can't be detected. If they have a way that, to cheat that can't be detected, they do it. And then the people trying to detect it come up with better tests. So for me, it's like an arms race. So if you catch somebody and you can't really explain the results, maybe they're just ahead of the curve. And they know how to either dose the steroids or get it out of their system somehow. But I think a weight cut might bring it back out. Like you've flushed your system out of it so you can take your test. But this weight cut thing, I think, probably has something to do with it because you're cutting all that fat and stuff's going to get released into your body when you do that. So I, I think rather than erring on the side of, hey, he must be innocent, I think cheaters always try to find a way to cheat and cheat the system where they don't get caught. And they may just be ahead of the curve on what can be detected right now. So yeah. That, yeah. that you have to definitely consider that. And for people that say, well, everyone does it, even the guys that are testing uh, uh, negative and always have, they go, they just haven't been caught yet. That's like, that's like a cop pulling people over and just busting them for, for uh, drinking and driving, a DUI. You go, well, everyone's doing it, so let's just arrest everyone. You can't do that. If, if they haven't been caught, you have to assume they're innocent. Right? I mean, you're going to bust every guy you see for raping because you think, well, everyone does it just because you weren't caught. No, if you weren't caught, you don't get punished. Okay? You have to assume they're innocent. Right? Like I said, if you're driving down the street, you can't get busted for DUI and then you're perfectly sober and they go, yeah, but you probably did drunk it, drink it one time, so we're going you know, to bust you. You can't do that. If, you, if they've never been busted, you have to assume they're clean. If they've been... If they've been tested dirty you have to assume they're dirty yeah this is the opposite pulling someone over that's drunk and saying well it's probably old alcohol it's pulsating <laughs> it's, it's leftover. pulsating it's leftover alcohol from new year's it's not, i didn't have anything i'm recently. gonna use that i'm gonna get drunk i've never been drunk but i'm gonna get drunk and when i get pulled over i'm gonna say this was from a year and a half ago it pulsated back in yeah. all right good luck with that uh, okay let's talk good about luck. chris cyborg so this fight, what did you think about this fight? This fight, I thought, these Chris, are two warriors. Oh, my God. The girl fight. The, the style of fighting for the girl fight oh was just brawling. Unbelievable. It was, it was brawling. They, they just went at it, and they were punching. Like, it was, every punch had bad intentions. There's two styles of female fighting in the UFC. What are the two? No, there's this style, which is like, this was a brawl. Yeah. And then... You wouldn't see this kind of a brawl out of some of the other fighters. If you yeah. take the, what's, yeah, her, you what's could, her name, the Paige Van Zandt or the Korean hottie or something. You, you could it's say a the, different fighting style. Yeah, but the guys too. They have the guys styles. have different yeah. fighting styles. But this the, fighting style reminded, style, man. Brutal. It, it was brutal. brutal. <laughs> the way they were, every punch they threw was like in bad intentions. And I'll be honest, <laughs> I thought at first Cyborg was going to land first. I, I, I knew the first one that was going to land was going to KO the other one. But I honestly thought it was Cyborg, just because she's a little bit taller, maybe, and she's she's done steroids too, so I don't think she should be able to fight at all either. But um, but uh, you know what though? She was swinging. Amanda looked stronger. Like it just when they were out in the in the ring, yeah. she looked bigger. She oh, yeah. looked stronger, and uh, it wasn't like it was a one punch fluke. Whoever landed that punch, 
Amanda landed a lot of punches. Right. Repetitively. Yeah. So her accuracy was really something. And maybe it was that first punch that took Chris's cyborg's guard down and she couldn't defend herself as well. But Amanda Nunez landed punch after punch. It was uh it was a one sided victory. That overhand right. Does that remind you of anybody? Oh that was God. that style of fighting. Yeah, a lot of people. Chuck, uh, Tyson, Fedor. I mean, that overhand right was so on the chin, and and it was it was brutal. And it was a true her. overhand right, oh, wasn't it? Beautiful. Yeah. It reminded me of Chuck watching yeah. that. I was like, wow, that was just a quite a display of Amanda uh, Iceman Nunez, <laughs> Ice Woman. That was a display of power. That was it was power, and it was it was it was courage, and it was. Uh, it skill. Was, it was skill, and it was it was it was Bushido. Do you see him hugging after the fight? Yeah, it was good. It was it was a beautiful, brutal, beautifully brutal fight. It really was. Round one. Round one. Really, how many seconds in? How long into it? I think every time I've seen Chris Cyborg fight, she is stalking down the other person, and it was just kind of flipped over. Yeah, she was the, she was the stalker that got caught coming in. So it was a beautiful fight. Beautifully brutal, uh, Chris Cyborg is 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 unbelievable. So um, they call it a haymaker, overhand right, whatever it was. It's fucking, it is effective. And if you don't think it is, go fight Fedor, Tyson, Amanda, Chuck, somebody. Anyway, okay. So then that's oh, a good picture actually. That's up on the thing is her bringing her right over the top um, on Cyborg. Uh, I don't know yeah. if that one landed, but. Um, she was bringing that arm over the top every time. That's one reason the, the overhand right is so effective is because your hand's up like this, but the, the straight right might get blocked, but the overhand goes over and lands on the chin, and it, it can be a beautiful fight, uh, punch. If you set it up correctly, it lands. You can sit, in MMA, you can set it up a lot better than you can in boxing because you can set it up with takedowns. In boxing, you can set it out with a low jab and then come up high, but with a with with an MMA, you can fake a shot and go in with an overhand right. So it can be set up a lot more effectively in MMA than any other combat sport. Beautiful fight. Now we fought. Then we got Carlos Condit against uh, Chaisa. Um, man, I love those guys. I love both those guys. They have such fighting spirits. Uh, Condit obviously been around a little bit longer. He's he's. Uh, He's an MM. He's a UFC staple, um, but he just got out everything this fight, and Chiesa is getting better and better. Uh, Chiesa, um, and he's such a fighter, such a warrior. They both are, but uh, yeah, Conde got caught. Uh, was it with the takedown? He got caught with a with a. It was like a Kimura, and I then... I think it was a Kimura that turned it in just to... I think it turned it into, like, behind your back, a resting kind of arm lock, like when you arrest someone, but then strained it out. It just kind of like it was... Kind of like a wing. his shoulder extended in this position. It's kind of like a wing. And it, it your be. shoulder does not go that direction, so that's pretty much, you know, torn labrum or something. I don't know. Something's I haven't seen torn. an injury report on... Something's torn. Carlos, but that had to be a... A, that's a nice. pretty significant shoulder injury. That is not. That's yeah. That's brutal. So that was that was that fight. Showed a lot about them. Um, then we had uh, Latif against uh, Anderson, which was which was a good fight. I mean, it had its, it, it went back and forth. I think uh, 
I think there were some good calf kicks. Uh, Latif, um, I think what changed everything in this fight would because it, it was I thought it was really even. The calf kicks against the movement against the the ring gentlemanship generalship. But then it seemed like in the like the second half the second half of the second round, Latifa started getting tired. And he started stalking a lot more slowly. He started throwing his shots a lot more telegraphing. He's breathing, labor breathing, and and Anderson wasn't. And Anderson looked like he was in much better condition. Come third round, it was all one sided. Uh I think I think they split the first and second. Uh, but then the third was all Anderson, and Anderson won again. Anderson is good. I mean, he beat Glover. Uh, I don't think he'd beat Glover again, but he is good. Um, um, and he he's well-rounded. He has beautiful takedowns and a really good takedown defense. And that's his mainstay. But he's also punching a hell of a lot better than he used to. And he has good kicks, too. He has some good high kicks. So Corey Anderson beat uh, Latifi. Now you don't talk a brutal brutal fight. This fight was um, this fight was brutal. Chad Mendes against uh, Alexander Volonovsky. Oh my God, they went at it, and they're both sh- kind of short, stocky, really muscular guys that just started fucking swinging, and they were both landing. It was it was about even um, going into the second round. I think I think it was about even. I think, man, maybe Chad got a little bit of the edge because he did, he did have better uh, takedowns um, and better control, it looked like. They were both swinging hard. Second round, uh, Alexander caught him with a beautiful short overhand right. There's that overhand right again. But it landed like on, uh, on um, Mendez's forehead. It just like glanced off his forehead, but it he went down, and that was the beginning of the end. So he got he got ground and pounded for a few, and then it was stopped right away. Mendez then retired. He's really young. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Maybe he has other stuff going on. He's oh, not, I didn't see the post fight interview. He retired. Yeah, he said he retired, but hopefully he doesn't. I don't. Um, unless it's if it's not in his heart anymore. Yes, you should retire. But if it's by performance. I don't think you should retire. He's at all. ranked like top yeah, ten. He shouldn't be retiring unless unless he wants to. I don't think his skill has dropped or anything. He fought to a he lost to a really good guy. So um, um, anyway, so there's that. Uh, that was that was a brutal fight as well. Um, let's talk about a couple others real quick. Uh, Arlovsky fought again. Uh, he lost to uh, Walt Walt Harris. That was on the prelims. Uh, I think the reason he lost, Walt was uh, Walt was doing a little better. I think it was footwork. I think Walt was was ha- having a little bit more success in in, in the footwork, and uh, I think uh, I think that's the reason he won. He just he was a little more effective, but it was a close fight. Um, another one I want to touch on was. Uh, what about the Cat Zingano yeah, fight? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Cat Gonzano against Anderson. It was really. It looked like it looked like uh, Anderson was was Anderson is with uh, with our guy Mark Montoya. 
Yeah, Montoya, I think, is the hottest MMA gym right now. I think it's the hottest MMA gym with the most talent coming out of it right now. I think it's uh, Mark Montoya's gym. I didn't see this fight, but she got kicked in the face. She got, she got, what happened was she got kicked in the, uh, she got kicked in the eye, actually. Um, and it was, uh, it looked brutal. It was just, it was, it was a head, it was a head kick. It was a roundhouse kick. And Anderson's toe went into, uh, Kat Singano's eye. And, uh, it just, it looked painful as shit. <coughs> and Kat Singano, um, she just, uh, she just couldn't see. Her you son, know? Send that to me. Okay. So she couldn't see and, uh, and she, the fight had to be stopped, and 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 since that wasn't a illegal strike, uh, they stopped the fight, and they and they gave the winner. There you go. It's up on the screen. It's on the screen. It, it so hit it her, her, right big, her big toe went right this in her big eye. Big toe went right in her eye. It ended up cutting. I think it had to get stitches. The eyelid. The eyelid got stitches, but I yeah. saw that she actually had a globe injury. The eyeball itself was injured, and they were worried about a retinal yeah. detachment. They, they said it occurring. wasn't. She had no, 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 uh, no injury to her eyeball. That's what I heard. That's what she tweeted. But she also tweeted, "Should I have lost?" Getting poked in the eye. But I mean that's kind of a touchy one because like you get poked in the eye by someone's toe, and there's no rule for against that. I mean, there's no rule against that. Like, if you get punched and, and the guy's knuckle went in your eyeball, I've seen that happen. Uh, that's It's not an illegal blow. So, it is a digit, but it's your toe. So, I, it's there's no nothing on the books where, you know, it's you can finger poke or thumb gouge. The eye is illegal. But a toe, there's nowhere that says... You also can't make a fist with your foot, so... <laughs> You know, in your hands, you can yeah. per, you can bring your fingers in. Even having your fingers extended is illegal. It's a foul. So yeah. your foot is your foot. So if you can kick someone in the face, unless you outlaw that, or you know, unless you make a rule against kicking in the face, this is going to happen within, occasionally with an open foot. With an open foot. <laughs> so yeah, it, was, it wasn't illegal. There's no illegal illegal rule about it. I'm I. It's terrible. It happened. Kat Singano is one of my favorite fighters. Male or female, I love Katzengano watching her fight, but I don't think that I think that was a true not, uh, TKO if you can't continue. And and I don't think she did. She didn't officially protest that. No, she? she just you know she no she just. I mean, I, I can see being kind of upset about it's, it. You could be upset about it. Kind of stinks, but it is what it is. I've, I've actually been kicked in the. I've been kicked in the eye, um, in sparring, and it's real. It's just as painful as an eye as a finger poke. And I was like pissed off at the guy, but it's like. I mean, I, I couldn't really, I had nothing to stand on. I was like, I was just pissed off. They did go, motherfucker, what are the hell you doing, bro? And it was a guy named Sugarfoot, Pete Sugarfoot Cunningham. Okay. Sugarfoot knew what he was doing. Pete, Pete Sugar, <laughs> if you want to Google Pete Sugarfoot Cunningham, you Google that. Pete Sugarfoot Cunningham. He was actually my roommate, and he was a world champion, double weight class, uh, junior welterweight and welterweight. And he had some of the fastest kicks in the world. Uh, he was from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And he was like, he was like right under the jet. Benny the Jet, your kiddies. Um, they never fought each other. Actually, Benny was our instructor. Uh, he was our trainer. But Pete had such fast kicks. He would kick someone in the face like three times and then leg kick him because he had beautiful leg kicks. Most of the top, like the high kicking guys, like, uh, like Superfoot, big Superfoot Wallace, 
Bill, Bill Wallace, they didn't have the leg kicks, but they had beautiful up-top kicks. Sugarfoot had both. So he actually fought Thais and Japanese and, and Dutch guys, and he could beat them at the leg-kicking game, but he also had beautiful uh, face kicks. And I found that out because I sparred them once in a while. Um, but I used to get pissed off because his toes would... He'd actually cut me with his toenail, so that was his fault for not cutting his toenail. But he did hit me in the eye once, and it hurt like hell. But it is not illegal. All right, so... It's unfortunate, but not illegal. No. All right, let's talk a little so bit they, about... did they stop that fight then? Because yeah, she, just couldn't, she couldn't continue. She, she was holding her eye, and the referee did a really good job and stopped it, protected her, stopped it right away. Because as soon as she put her eye like this, like she was trying to stop the fight, but the referee said, no, the fight's going to go on. So the girl came in, started to hit her again, and then the referee realized, okay, fuck it, it's over. So the referee did a great job in calling it first and then stopping the girl and protecting Kat. So I think the referee, I don't remember who the referee was there for that fight. Um, I'm going to say it was, uh, I'm going to say it was Mark, uh, um, it was Mark uh, Goddard? Goddard, who's up and coming, like, he's, he's an unbelievably great referee. So is, uh. And let me just tell you something. Um, the other guy that was refing, uh, the guy with the crazy mustache, man, he did a good job. He replaced uh, he replaced um, uh, Herb Dean for this fight, and this was his big first, I think, really big uh, um, fights. And he, I think, he did the main event. Try, I mean, check out. Uh, um, I think he actually did the main main event. He did a great job. I think Herb D was injured or something. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, um, this so we have some really good uh, referees out there right now. I think uh, Mazagati is a no, not Ma, did I say Mazagati? He's a terrible referee. Uh, <laughs> Don uh, Dan Mergliotta. 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 I think he's yeah, Whatever. <laughs> he's, I think he's one of the best refs out there. Um, but, oh, this guy right here with this crazy uh, referee. Yeah, he's got the long, yeah, braided, the braided mustache yeah, and yeah, beard. Yeah. He looks like something, like like a hairdo from the Lord of the Rings or something. Yeah. Yeah, he's one of the best refs. And, you know, he's from, he's from, uh, he's from California. And, and uh, he, do, he does a lot of refs, refing in local shows, lo, local smaller shows. And he's always, like, the guy with the crazy, uh, with, with, uh, with the crazy mustache but anyway so that so that he did the main event bj penn got stopped in the first round um ryan hall ryan hall like halfway through the first round um and he the did, knee bar what did he it was an up? ugly it was it was not a knee bar it was a it was an ankle lock oh. and it was it was ugly it was ugly he hurt his knee you could tell i, I wonder how his knee is today but i, I don't think i don't think uh I don't think his knee is doing good. Mike Beltran is the name of that referee. Yeah, he's a. We've good, seen him in there before. Yeah, he and I've seen him at the smaller shows in like, in, uh, in um, in Fresno and shit. He's just he's a really good ref and he's made it now to the main the main the big card. Did a great job. You know who else did a great job? I'm telling you, man. The UFC, um, John Anik. You know, uh, Joe Rogan. Um, who was Dominic Cruz? Was Dominic Cruz. You know who the, was missing? Who? They, they they didn't renew his contract. Smith. 
Oh, really? I think he's done. Oh, shit. I, I wonder why. I saw he's something that he's... Such a good job he was doing. He tweeted out they chose not to renew his contract. I know people really liked him. Well, who's they? UFC. Well, I thought I thought these guys were working for Fox. Yeah. Well, maybe, because they're not with Fox nah. anymore. And they're going to ESPN. But oh, some man. people think it's because they're going to push in one of ESPN's people to do oh, it. Oh, okay. But yeah, that's but too bad. I liked, yeah, he, I liked him. He was really good, but... I don't think anyone beats the uh, the chemistry of Joe Rogan and John Anik, and then throwing in someone like Dominic Cruz, um, it just makes it that much better because they're really good too. Um, Bring Goldberg back. Oh my God, I wish Goldberg. <laughs> oh, I love Goldberg. Maybe they're bringing him back. Maybe that's why uh, Smith didn't get renewed. I don't think so. But Goldberg now and Rogan. Yeah, that's the UFC. That was the UFC. But John Anik is so good. He's like. He is so good. It's 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 such a good chemistry. Anyway, PFL million dollars to the winner per fight. Per fight, you're like gonna six million dollars. So basically, here I have the list of fights up here. Basically, you win the fight. Imagine getting into a fight, going to a fight, getting in the cage, knowing if you win, you're gonna make a million dollars. If you lose, you're not. Okay, you're gonna make eight hundred. Did you get zero if you lose? No, you got two hundred thousand if you didn't. But a million is eight hundred thousand dollars more than two hundred thousand. So, can you imagine? I mean, UFC is usually fifty-fifty. You know, you get twice as much if you win. Uh, you know, so you go up twice. You don't go up four times. So, it was an unbelievable card. These guys fought really hard. Um, one of my favorite fighters, and I mean personally, and and watching him fight, Steven Seiler, fought a guy named. Uh, Palmer. I'm not going to take anything away from Palmer, um, but he did outfight Siler. I mean, that it wasn't even close. I mean, nobody thought it was a close fight, but it, but it was a clear cut winner was Palmer because of the takedowns and the holding and the con- and the control against the cage, and it was this short, stocky, muscular wrestler. But Siler was trying to make it a fight the whole time. Now the wrestler won, and and this is my opinion on wrestling and MMA. Wrestling, I feel, is the most important skill to have. Wrestling is the most important skill to have in MMA. But in and of itself, it's boring as fuck. Okay, if you're just a striker, right, you have a chance in MMA. But if you just strike against another striker, your crowd is going to be on their feet. Okay. If you're just a submission guy and you're going at it like that Palmer guy against BJ Penn and you're going for knee bars, ankle locks, kimuras, and you're just going for submissions, the crowd's going to like it, right? But you'll never get the guy down if you don't have wrestling. But now you put two wrestlers out there, just wrestlers, short of unbelievable slams and shit, which you don't see that much of, but it's on a mat anyway. So... Just the wrestling part of, of, of wrestling is boring as fuck. It's just boring as fuck. It's the most important part, ingredient, I think. They have a great work ethic. Usually they're in good shape. You know, all that. But just, I mean, it's easier to be in good shape when you're just wrestling around all day at the gym. And your coach is yelling at you. When you're actually punching all the time, you can't be training that hard all the time. Or you'll have fucking brain damage. So that's my that's my opinion. I think out of the three 
striking or fighting arts, the fourth being conditioning of MMA, wrestling, jiu-jitsu, and striking. And jiu-jitsu is sambo, judo, whatever, the submission. I'm calling it jiu-jitsu. Wrestling, jiu-jitsu, and striking. Wrestling is the most important. I'll admit <coughs> that. You have to be able to control where it goes. You can either take people down or defend take takedowns. Both of those skills are wrestling. But if it's just two wrestlers out there, everybody's going home, they're booing. You ever realize that's when they start booing It's when the fight turns into wrestling. Nobody boos when two guys are going at it, punching. But anyway, so Siler lost um, to Palmer. Good job. Palmer did his strategy, really good strategy, but it was boring as shit. But Siler wanted to just, he, he just wanted to go. But anyway, so Siler lost. Let me tell you another one. Now this guy, okay, uh, Magalayas. Magalayas is a jiu-jitsu guy, and he fought a striker, O'Connell. All he wanted to do was try to submit O'Connell, and O'Connell just wanted to knock out Magalayas. That was not a boring fight. Because Magalayas didn't just want to take him down, hold him, you know, hold, hold him against the cage, squeeze him, and hold him, hold him, hold him. No, he was trying to submit him, and Connell was trying to knock him out. That was a good-ass fight until it ended in the fourth round with O'Connell winning. It was a corner stoppage, it says. What, yeah. What happened? Um, he, he, he got beat up so bad the fourth round, and he was exhausted. And he got beat up so bad by O'Connell. He's tough as shit. I can't believe he was standing. O'Connell was nailing with left hooks, overhand rights, and he was standing. But he went back to his corner. His corner stopped it. I don't, I don't know if I would have stopped it. I'm usually a quick stopper, but when there's a million dollars on the line, because he could have easily submitted O'Connell if he caught him. So if I thought he was going to get like killed or something, that's one thing. But for a million dollars versus 200000 I'm not stopping that fight in the corner unless he, like, his, you can saw you, you brain put, tissue. You can't put a price on brain damage. No, but brain, <laughs> how many fighters. Oh, wait a minute, wait, I, I think you can. How, how many fighters <laughs> get brain damage in one fight? I mean, come on. But uh, I think he was mainly exhausted. That's why they stopped it. But if he, if he was able to get, um, if he was able to catch uh, O'Connell, he would have been able to stop him. But. So, I don't know. I might have. If he came back to the corner and just goes, I can't even lift my arms anymore, I would stop it. But other than that, I would stop it a lot less knowing the difference is $800,000 between... And and Magalis has one of the best submissions in all of MMA. So, boom. I don't know. But anyway... And, we, and we've seen these fights this year, or last year now, that right down to the, at the end of the fight, it right. changes. Yeah. What, what was the fight? That was one of the best fights of the year. Was it Rodriguez Yair? He was losing that fight and then threw that the elbow. crazy elbow? In like the last second. So, the, you know, something can always happen in, yeah. in this sport. I think I would have let that one go. Because he, yeah. But anyway, then the other one, the local boy, Ray Cooper the third. Kind of interesting side story on him is um, he's from Hawaii. And his dad, Ray Cooper the second, uh, lost to um, Jake Shields. And I think it was like something like 16, 17 years ago. It was a long-ass time ago. I think it was that long ago. Might have, might have been. Yeah, it must have been because he was like a little kid walking his dad into the, into the cage. That's what it was like. They were showing pictures of that. He was like this little bitty kid, 
and he was like his he was walking into the cage, and his dad was like holding the uh, belt because he had the belt, and they were walking into the cage together. It was so cute. But anyway, so Ray Cooper the the second lost to Jake Shields, and in the semifinals, I think of this tournament, Ray Cooper the third was able to avenge his father's loss and stop. Uh, Jake Shields. That's like so, a Rocky movie. Yeah, it was really, it was really cute. <laughs> it was a good story. But anyway, so you so, beat you beat the guy, but then you got to fight his son, a younger version. Yeah, that's brutal. Yeah. But um, he fought Magnanegov, whatever his last name. You got it perfect. That was yeah. perfect. <laughs> uh, and it was a close fight. The first round, it looked to me like Cooper was just trying too hard to chase Magnanegov. Instead of cutting off the cage and using his jab more. He was like swinging one punches. Swinging one punches. And he swung right into a takedown. Uh, then submission. So he lost in the second round. So there went a million dollars. But big, Yeah, these are big purses for... Yeah. I wonder what kind of... Uh, where was this broadcast? It was on NBC Sports or something. It was like the... It was like the uh, cable version of NBC. Right. But um, it was good. And Cooper, Cooper just, he was trying too hard with each punch. He's a knockout puncher, but he should have set it up, been a little more cautious, used his jab more, lateral movement. He was like rushing in, like chasing him with one punch at a time, and he's missing by a mile. Um, but he's such a power puncher, he got over-anxious. Um, but he is kind of cool because his, 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 his crew, like he brought like 50 or 60 people from Hawaii to come watch that. It's so funny to see all these locals like, uh, like Ronald Jun was there. Ronald Jun was a UFC fighter, uh, fought, fought for years in and out of the UFC, WEC. He was a well-known fighter, Ronald Jun. And his great uncle was my first boxing coach. But Ronald Jun was there with his family because he's part of the camp. Um, and they brought like 50 guys. I, I asked them, how many people are in your room? Because rooms in, in Manhattan are pretty pricey. There was 12 people in the room. But um, there's all these locals. And it's funny to see local, like Polynesians, Hawaiians, in, uh, in, uh, in snow. It's just funny. I don't know why. Even though there's a lot of Samoans in Utah. So this is a new year. Anything you're looking forward to seeing? Fights you want to see this year? Nah, I want to. I want to see Siler. He's like taking a turn in his career. He's been in and out of the UFC, um, and he's been he's had limited success and a lot of success. It's gone up and down. I think he's turned that corner, and it looks like he's gonna go places. Court McGee is on a roll. Glover Teixeira is coming up. I got two guys, the two Isaiahs, Isaiah Rocha, Isaiah Hughes, they're coming up. Um, I got my female, Gabby, who hits like a fucking guy. Um, she hits hard. She's coming up. Um, uh, yeah, I got a lot of guys come up. Even one of my guys' first fight, I, he looked like a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a regular, Marvin. So I got, I got a lot of new guys coming up. I'm just, I'm excited to just watch what happens in the UFC. I got a lot of... Uh, Online courses that I'm doing, how to hit harder, how to defend takedowns, how to get in better shape. Uh, they're all under the pit.tv. But I got that going on. And I'm going to start doing weekend retreats this year where people can come out from wherever and train at the pit uh, 
the pit compound for a weekend and just uh, we'll take them up on the wheelbarrow. We'll take them to Madonna. We're going to take them all over and they're going to train, you know, old school, but like real UFC. Uh, I mean, I can think of dozens of UFC competitors and champions who've trained there, um, train like they did. Whether you're a karate guy, you know, a karate instructor, you own a karate school and you want to, you know, train like a UFC fighter, but still keep that traditionality like we have. Uh, so I'm going to start doing weekend retreats. Plus, it's going to teach you how to train old school. And, and, and I'm trying to stop, I'm trying to stop the pussification of our country. One, one wheelbarrow run at a time. One wheelbarrow run at a time. I'm trying to stop the pussification of our American males. All right. On that note, that'll be a good year, 2019. You're going to be right there with me on the wheelbarrows, bro. <laughs> oh, I'm ready. All right, John, good to see you. Happy New Year, man. Thanks for coming. Please share this because this is the best goddamn podcast <laughs> there is. <laughs>